wherever your alarm goes off. All over this amazing place we call home, it doesn't get any better than this. Well, it could. We just don't have the budget. Broadcasting live and local. This is Lee Faulkner on 864 Triple M. G'day and welcome to the podcast edition. A chance for you to catch up on some of the things that you might have wanted to hear again. Maybe hear things you missed the first time around. And also uh, catch up on things that we don't always get to put to air. That's what the podcast is all about. And we've got plenty coming up for you. We had a fun chat with our latest junior cricket player of the week this week. And Charlie from Charleville, what a character, and really endeared himself to everybody. I'm going to replay a little bit of Charlie from Charleville for you. We'll have a bit of a laugh with You Can't Be Serious. Uh, Councillor Melissa Taylor explains what it is that's happening in the Toowoomba CBD throughout the month of March to try to help people uh, who have businesses down there and get us all back into the CBD. And as well as that, I got to catch up with one of Australia's funniest ladies, Kitty Flanagan, been a long-time guest on The Project uh, and uh, as well as that Charlie Pickering show on the ABC. She's written and starred in her own hugely successful TV show called Fisk. And Kitty, coming to the Empire Theatre, I got the chance to catch up with her. And it wasn't easy because uh, where Kitty was, she had no phone reception. We worked out that she had internet. And so we did my first ever in 25 years interview via Facebook and here's a bit of what happened. I am at the other end but uh, I'm just as bad as you. I had to race out to my partner and go, I don't have Facebook. Have you got Facebook? Can I use your Facebook? (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear idea. So look, 488 rules for life. Can we add in there, never stay somewhere that doesn't have mobile phone reception. Can we make it 489 now or do you need to write a third book? I think I think the rule will just be let's all go back to the landline. Oh, how wouldn't that how be great, great is the landline? I really miss oh, it. <laughs> me too. And see, kids today, they got no idea what it was like to sit by the phone waiting for that phone call and making the you know dialing the the digits around the thing. They have no idea what I'm talking about. So nothing uh, better than trying to oh. drag it into your room, you know, and get the yes. cord under your door so you could shut the door and have some privacy from the rest of the family. <laughs> oh, the and then your dad would be on the at the door. Get off that. Bloody phone. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, but uh, I mentioned that book. Uh, that has been absolutely going gangbusters. 488 Rules for Life, The Thankfulness Art of Being Correct. Then you followed it up with uh, the aptly titled More Rules for Life, uh, which is just absolutely sensational. Uh, and also recently, we've seen you back on the ABC with this series, uh, Fisk. Congratulations on that. That is hilarious. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that is, uh, that's my life's work finally coming to fruition. I've been trying my whole life to get a TV series <laughs> up and finally managed it and I get to write it with my sister and I direct it with one of my best friends, Tom Peterson. So it's got all of my friends in it. I work with all my friends on the crew. It's basically like I got everybody together that I liked and said, we're going to make a TV show, everyone. Come on. Oh, well, so. you'll hear Triple M's own Marty Sheargold, who you hear here in the afternoons. Uh, Julia Zamiro, uh, Rock Wiz, and of course, Home Delivery uh, with Julia Zamiro, which I just love. They're uh, involved in the show. And there's a, a great Aussie cast as well. Uh, Aaron Chen's in there and you get a heap of guest stars coming in like Glenn Robbins. and uh, 
Blair and Glenn Butcher. It just sensational. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, get it on uh, the uh, download or on ABC. Uh, Fisk is uh, absolutely brilliant. I-, I just thought it was you making sure that all these Aussie actors have something to do. Uh, <laughs> Including it- myself, yes. <laughs> That's right. But writing it with your sister, what a wonderful experience that is because I know you've done some singing with your sister, which some people might not realise. Yes, my sister has been in my show uh, probably for the last, I would say, 12 years now. At least the last, uh, we've done sort of four national tours and she's been on every one of them. And I wouldn't do it without her. And she's coming to Toowoomba as well. I'm bringing her. That's what I've really oh. missed the most about not performing is is not being on the road with my sister and not getting to get out there on stage with her and not driving her nuts, basically, because I never start the song at the right time. <laughs> I'm always singing at the wrong point. I'm always in the wrong key. She's always looking at me and I go, oh, sorry, should we start again? Should we start again? I'll try and get it right. Oh, brilliant. Uh, I actually have uh, something in common with uh, the character Roz, played by Julia Zemiro and Fisk, <laughs> uh, in that I have had a portrait done by a bloke on the Gold Coast called Picasso. Uh, yes. Yes. He was the inspiration for, for the... The Willie the, painting. Um, yes, because we saw him... <laughs> My sister and I, this is years ago now, we went to a, uh, a party yep. in, uh, in, in the Northern Rivers, of course, and, uh, and he was there as the entertainment and we both looked at each other. We were fascinated by it, stunned by it, quite impressed by it as well, but also just went, okay, I don't care what we do next, but this is going into it. So that was years ago. And the minute we finally got Fisk, we went, do you know what this is going to be? We're going to manage to put that dictator into the... I love it. Well, I've had one done by the man that inspired that episode. So get on to Fist, check it out. Is there going to be a season two? There is. We're writing yes. that at the moment and we'll start shooting oh, in uh, in May. Fantastic. So exciting. Uh, as well as that, like a lot of people over the uh, the COVID break uh, podcast, uh, they, they've just exploded. And you do a very, very funny one with one of my favourites too, Dave O'Neill. He's been a long time uh, favourite on, on shows like Spicks and Specs and just about everything Dave's on. Uh, and you talk about junk food right into his uh, wheelhouse. But how <laughs> did you get involved in this junk food discussion, Kitty Flanagan? Well, we uh, we actually did a road trip together, Dave and I, and on the ah. way back we started discussing uh, how much, you know, we pulled in to get some snacks. We started discussing what were the best snacks, how many snacks we should get, <laughs> and I just went, and Dave kept saying, I, had, I did not have you pegged as a junk food person. I went, oh, mate, I'm a fiend. My sister calls me the possum because I'm just always up late <laughs> rustling around eating the snacks. So that's what we did. And I don't know, is it funny or is it a cry for help, the two of us sitting there eating junk food and discussing it, Lee? You be the judge. Well, I think it is absolutely hilarious. You want to get onto that one. It's called The Junkies, say, this podcast with Dave O'Neill and Kitty Flanagan. You're going to love that. What can we? What are we What are we going to see in the, in the show? Uh, Friday night and Saturday night, two nights here at the Empire Theatre. There's only a handful of tickets left, but, but what are people going to see here? Well... First of all, what I'm hoping to see is the Empire Theatre volunteers because I have missed those guys. The Toowoomba yes. Theatre is one of those ones that has um, that old tradition of having volunteers that turn up and they always bring you a plate of cookies. It's the best thing. Everybody who tours talks about the cookies that you get at Toowoomba at the end. You're right. Theater. Everyone from Glenn Shorrock to Jimmy Barnes and back again that I've spoken to, that's the one thing they talk about. <laughs> Everybody remembers the yep. cookies. So we're looking forward to coming for the cookies. Um, just basically delighted to be on stage because it's such a beautiful theatre. Yeah. And this is actually, um, believe it or not, it's, uh, yeah, it's a new show. It's, um, you know, we've done it on the Gold Coast now. We've done it in Lismore and Caloundra. So we've we've had a bit of a chance to work it up a little bit. Um, usually 
it would have had a lot more working up, but it's been a lot of fun just being back out there and people are loving being in the theatres again. And, yes. yeah, just kind of it's and it's not all talk about COVID. I can't, you know, we've had enough, haven't yes, we? absolutely. <laughs> so I'm not going out there doing doing an hour of COVID jokes and, you know, not at all. It's, um, yeah, it's just kind of stories and funny stuff and, yeah, a few songs from me and my sister. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. And I, I can tell you it's probably the most I've enjoyed doing shows in a long, long time because it's just we had no idea how much we missed it until they took it away from us like everything else and <laughs> it's just been a ball coming back out there. So All people right. have been having a really good time. Well, we're going to raise a glass of hand sanitizer and tonic and enjoy uh, <laughs> the magnificent Kitty Flanagan uh, live here Friday and Saturday night at the Empire Theatre. Get your tickets through the box office or empiretheatre.com.au. There's only a couple of them left and not surprising for a very, very funny night out. Uh, and Kitty Flanagan, thank you uh, for being my first ever and being gentle about it uh, with a Facebook interview. I appreciate it. Lee, what a pleasure. Let's all <laughs> give thanks to Mark Zuckerberg for the first time in my life. <laughs> You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious. Sit down, Karen. No, really, take a seat. I think you're going to enjoy this. A new Melbourne restaurant with staff being trained to insult, ridicule and ignore them has set tongues wagging and social media alight. Great food, terrible service is the motto of Karen's Diner, a 1950s US-style burger joint that'll open in the famous Ligon Street restaurant strip next month. In a flip on hospitality norms, this is a place where staff are rude and the customer is most certainly not always right. The sign in the window of the restaurant Sydney branch says Karen's Diner. Sit down and shut up. And the website for Karen's Diner describes it as a place where you can complain until the cows come home because we literally don't care. But customers are welcome to return the vitriol. The Karen in Karen's Diner refers to the slang for an obnoxious and entitled middle-aged customer who asked to speak to the manager about a trivial issue. But finally, there is some good news for those maligned with the moniker. People actually named Karen are invited to come and complain and get a free drink with proof of identity. Sally Quinn, who recently had lunch at the Sydney Diner with four friends and relatives, said a waiter screamed at them to sign in, threw their menus on the table, walked off halfway through taking their orders, tipped over Ms Quinn's handbag and mocked her daughter's hair after swearing and making rude gestures when diners asked a question. So a bit like Angelo's house back in the day. However, Ms Quinn spoke up when her daughter was served a chicken burger instead of the beef she'd ordered. The waiter refused to take the dish back so Miss Quinn told them, fix it or we're not paying. Oh, sounds like great fun. Yes, Karen's Diner, where you get abused for just turning up. So a bit like being an invited Labour Party guest on Sky News. You cannot be serious! G'day, is that Charlie? Yes. Hi, Charlie, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Oh, good on you, mate. All right, now, congratulations for being our uh, Player of the Week. Um, thank you very much. Did you like the medal? Oh yeah, it was the cool, it was the coolest gold medal I've ever seen. It's one of my most prized possessions. Oh, aren't you fantastic? I love it. How long have you been playing cricket for? I know you're nine now. How long have you been playing? Um, about four years. My brother started teaching me out in the backyard. Oh, okay. So you thought, right? I want to get better than him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who do you play for? Um, I just I play for the Charleville District Cricket Association. Wow! So in Charleville, so do you have to do a bit of driving about the place then? Um, 
um yeah um we just yeah we just drive into um travel and back again each um each weekend. Okay, is that far for you? Um. Well, we've done a lot of times, so yeah. I'm pretty used to it. <laughs> I love it. All right, who's your favourite cricket player? Um, Pat Cummins and Dennis Lilly. Oh, DK Lilly, the big man, steaming in with the chest hair and the gold medallions, and boy, could he bowl. Uh, yeah. I remember him watching him when I was your age, so uh, he's one of the old school players. I love that. Uh, and what about you out on the field? What's your favourite position? Um, I I love um short leg and slip um because uh but I hate um I hate at it on the boundary cow corner. No one ever hits it out there, especially <laughs> um especially where I play. Oh, I love it. I I'm assuming that you spent a bit of time over the summer break uh, watching cricket. Uh yeah, we do. Um. Uh, my sister and mum, they they hate watching the cricket there. Or they love, they like the tennis. But my brother and I, we can't. Um, we just don't turn the telly off. It makes mum go mad. Oh, that is exactly the same at my house. Don't you worry. And what about? I know you're you're really into your stats and that sort of stuff. What's your favourite cricket stat? Um. Or cricket fact. Well, I suppose my um. My bowling, yep. I guess my bowling stats. I've been trying to keep track of what my best bowling figures are, but I can never remember <laughs> my best one. Well, I'm sure there'll be plenty of fifers in your future, mate, and you'll be holding that ball up to the applause of the crowd uh, before you know it. Uh, you're a champion young fella, Charlie. Good on you. And you enjoy your cricket, and congratulations on being our gold medalist, our Triple M Player of the Week. Righto, thank you. And uh, Councillor Melissa Taylor is uh, in the studio with me. Good morning. Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm good. And uh, it was you that uh, tabled this motion in council yeah. last week, wasn't it? Absolutely. It was so important for our CBD. It's it's such a, a small thing, but it's something that will go a long way for our businesses mm. because there's been talk about this for some time. Uh, and we've seen it happen because of COVID in places like the Brisbane uh, City Council area. Mm. Uh, so uh, what is going to happen and, and when does it start and how long does it go for, I suppose? So it'll be for the month of March, yep. uh, 1st of March to the 31st, and it'll be free um, on-street parking, and it'll be 50% off the off-street parking So rates. what does that mean, off-street parking, when you say that? So that's all your car parks, like Bus Interchange, okay. Annan Street, Station Street, yes. all of the, yeah. So the they'll all be 50% off. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic. Yep. Even if you're purchasing the, you know, early bird and all yes. of that, just take 50% off it. Absolutely. And we want to encourage people to get down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The feedback then that you've had from businesses surrounding this, uh, obviously it was to the point where you thought, I need to bring this into council, I need to table it. Yep. Uh, what, were, what were they saying to you? Because this is a discussion we have had a lot about free or not free car parking, one hour, two hour, three hour car parking, all of these things. Everybody's got an opinion. But from the business people that you speak to, what is their message? It's certainly a hot topic and, and parking in the CBD can be quite contentious. Of course. And, <laughs> and it is in 
every regional and metro centre. Absolutely. Everywhere. And there are going to be people that will love what we do and there'll yep. be people that won't be happy with what we do. But, we, you know, we have to look at what's best for the businesses and best for the revitalisation of the city. And, yep. you know, the CBD has been through some horrific times, not just the last two years, but that horrific storm that went through. So yep. they just can't seem to take a hit at the moment. Mm. You know, it's just one thing after the other. So we wanted to be in solidarity with the business owners in the CBD and stand by them. And there's not a lot we can do when it comes to COVID because that's a state and fed arena and you know there's not a lot we can do our hands are tied yep. but when it comes to the parking that was something that we identified it was something that we could um, do something about and ease some of that pain. And it's really about standing in solidarity with the owners and bringing people back into the CBD. You know, things like Locals for Locals with the Chamber of Commerce on Friday. Brilliant. That was fabulous. Yeah, so everyone's trying to do their thing yep. to bring people back into the city. So. All right. Now, the parking hours will still apply? Yes. So okay. enforcements and time limits will still apply. Right. So if it's a one-hour park, it's still a one-hour park, mm-hmm. but where you would pay for it before, it's it's free now. Yeah. And... Uh, and I would just encourage personally uh, businesses to, you know, make the most of this time and make sure that you're encouraging your staff to park in other areas to leave those car parks for people that want to come down so that we actually use them. I know it's difficult to get car parks for staff. We're the same here. But, yep. you know, we need to just think about that so that we're making the most of these opportunities. Well, it's for the longevity of businesses. And if you don't have customers coming to your business and staff are parking in those car parks, you know, there's no opportunity for customers to come in and shop. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, it's a wonderful initiative. Thank you for tabling it. I'm glad it got through. Thanks. And thank you for popping in the studio this morning just to explain to us Thanks, what it Lee. is that we're going to see. Uh, Councillor Melissa Taylor. Great Thanks. to chat. Oh, always great. It is uh, 18 past eight coming up. Uh, maybe a good plan. Uh, bring some more tourists to Queensland. And it wouldn't be so cold at the Winter Olympics, which would be great for our athletes. Uh, Bob Cat has got an idea. Uh, I'm going to feature it in You Can't Be Serious next. You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious. And while we've all enjoyed the spectacle of the Winter Olympics from the comfort of our Southern Hemisphere summer, competitors have been suffering through some horrendously cold conditions. And it's affected not only events, but also one competitor's Southern Hemisphere. Over the weekend, the men's 50-kilometre mass start race at the Beijing Olympics was cut short to 30 kilometres. But that didn't help Finn Remy Lindholm, who needed a heat pack at the end of the race because his John Thomas nearly froze right off. So, look, whilst I never thought I'd be saying this, I actually think Bob Catter has just the solution. I am here today to officially announce the bid for the Winter Games in Mount Isa. Now, are there any questions that you want to ask? Uh, Yes, like where are you going to get snow and ice from in Mount Isa? I hadn't thought of that. Clearly. There's ice everywhere. Exactly. Well, yes, but maybe not the kind we're looking for for a Winter Olympics. Anyway, like, where are you going to hold events? We could plummet down the glory hole. Oh, I love that yeah, idea. Mate. With the yeah. aerial skiing. Yeah. Down yeah, the glory yeah. hole. The luge and bobsled's actually going to be held underground in the mines, so just sort of down the shaft. Okay, this is just getting ridiculous. I think that we're not presumptuous and officially declaring... 2030. 2030, Mount Isa, Winter Olympics, officially opened. You cannot be serious!